Welcome to Unmistakably Star Wars, your source for a high-quality, informative, and entertaining look into the Star Wars galaxy. So strap yourself in, because here's where the fun begins. Well, I got to tell you, if anyone ever, ever tells me to put my fandom where my mouth is, I tell you what, I am prepared to do that. Um, For some of you who may not have seen the tweet that went out a a week or so ago, um, I stepped up. I put all my chips in the middle of the table and said, that's it. I am fully in. Uh, About two weeks ago, we've been looking for a, a, a pet for the household. Oh. And we, we have a cat. My wife has a cat. And that's well and good and all. But, you know, the thing about cats, they ain't dogs. And, <laughs> and so I, we'd been looking for a dog for a while. Finally found one at a shelter in the San Francisco Bay Area. And uh, we, we went up. Uh, we, we shook paws. And uh, it went pretty well. The meet and greet. And so we, we brought her home. And, of course, uh, here's the Star Wars connection. Um, we now have a... A Belgian Malinois, which is, of course, is the cousin to the German Shepherd, oh. and her name, her name is Phasma. Nice. Her name oh. is Phasma. Yes. And uh, Carl, yes, of course, uh, you commented in a group DM, and <laughs> interestingly <laughs> enough, she was rescued, and she was near a a trash can, a dumpster, oh, yes. when she was rescued. So um, I thought that the name was fitting, quite frankly. Uh-huh. I I Are... have to fully confess, however, that. Um, uh-huh. You know, my daughter has nicknamed her Fazzy Faz Faz, <laughs> and um, I, ha- I I have to also just completely confess that when I go into um, doggy daddy mode, I, I I it's just this weird convex of things. We've got Phasma, but it's who's a good Phasma? Who's a good Phasma? Who's gonna get the rebel you know- scum? You will. You will. <laughs> Those names always come back to bite you when you actually lose the dog and you're running through the neighborhood, like, screaming out, like, Fazzy, Faz, Faz. Yeah. Fazzy, yeah. Faz, Faz. Yeah. Had a, roommate had a dog named Jabooty after the country. We thought oh, that was cute. wow. Yeah. Then they, they shortened it to Booty. Hey, Booty. Come so I'm walking through the neighborhood one day. Booty. I need Booty. Booty, please come I here, Booty. booty. So it's kind of like, I just leave the dog lost. I don't want to. Yeah. 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 Yeah, what, once your bu- once your booty leaves, you got to just let it go, Carl. I mean, yes. oh my mm-hmm. gosh. So, but but it, it is interesting. We were we're teaching her, all, you know, commands and stuff, and uh, she she was not quite getting it. So, I walked right up to her and I took the bone and I put it right up to her head. I said, "Who's in charge now, Fasma? Who's in charge?" And uh, she complied. So, uh, I think there's something there. It's meant to be. Well, welcome, my little Tauntauns, to 154th episode of Unmistakably Star Wars. I am your curator of content for this evening's journey, Devin Cleffer, and joining me in the USW World Headquarters, located in the San Francisco Bay Area, the one, the only, Barb, the Canadian. Welcome, Barb. That's me. Hey, everybody. We are so glad that you are back from your motherland. Yes. Yes. (laughs) I miss it, but... It's good to be back. I'm sure. Now, how is construction going along the northern border? Of course, during the southern border, the uh, Republican-controlled Congress and executive branch are talking about building <laughs> a wall. And <laughs> rumor has it that the Canadians said we can outdo that and cross the northern border of the United States, the southern border of Canada. Rumor has it the Canadians are building a privacy hedge. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that beats the wire cattle fence that they've got going right wow. now. Wow. So yes. Yes. Got to keep those Americans where they are. That's true. That's, <laughs> is it an electrified fence? Uh, you know, it might be in some places, yeah. but it's pretty easy to jump. As someone who has voluntarily been tased by the local police department, I will say that there's nothing quite <laughs> like electricity flowing through one's body. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. If you're interested in seeing that, we'll try to put a link to that video in our show notes. Um, it's not to be missed. It's not to be missed. I'm interested. Yeah. You, you, I, you have I'll a video you get, of this. There's a video of it. I, I did a demonstration for a class I was teaching, and the police oh. officers asked for a volunteer to be tased, and I said, why not me? I am interested in Yeah. Why not this. me? 50,000 volts, <laughs> five mm-hmm. seconds. It, is, it was the longest five seconds of my life. 
<laughs> yeah, it, it, it was pretty crazy. Yeah. Well, now that you've said that, I think you just need to post it for everybody. To okay. See. Well, I'll put it out. It'll, we'll put a link to it in the show notes, and uh, it'll be worth it'll be worth your watch. You, you'll get to see me scream all kinds of stuff. So anyway, other than Barb, also <laughs> joining us uh, from the land of Sweet Home Alabama and Sweet Tea, the one and only Mr. Carl Hassler. Thank you. I, I hope to keep this show a high wiality as much as possible. So, <laughs> very nice, very nice. Thank and of course, um, Carl, you you're kind of you're trending in New Zealand. Your oh really? Wow. Your accent is apparently mm-hmm. taking the Kiwis by storm down there. Wow. I think they think I'm a Hobbit. They've seen probably my, how mm. tall I am, and so they get a little confused. Okay. Well, fair enough. It was that one ring that you were carrying around all of last <laughs> celebration that kind of threw people. I'm sure. Oh yeah. And as always, my co-pilot on the East Coast from the city of brotherly love, the only woman of the USW podcast team that has whipped a 14-year-old boy's ass in an alley. Oh, my gosh. Oh, my gosh. The one and only Eve. Welcome, Eve. Yes, I was. Uh, that was a long time ago. I'm sure he's yeah, fine. Yeah, I just want to clarify. Everybody. It wasn't like last week or anything. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Come here, you. Oh, in, in fact, you were younger than the young man at the time. I was. Yeah, yes. that story never gets old, though. It's <laughs> something that kind of lights up my face. Well, listen, we've got a lot of fun stuff on the pod for you this time around. Hey, we know it's not exactly late-breaking news, but uh, part of our news topics tonight, we're going to talk about Kathleen Kennedy's return, a three-year contract extension uh, for Lucasfilm as, as Lucasfilm's president. So we'll talk about that. We've got some... Updates from John Favreau concerning The Mandalorian, the live-action Star Wars film that's right around the corner on Disney's streaming service. And then in addition to that, I don't know. My goodness. This could be total clickbait. But I, I, I clicked on it. I took the bait. And I read someone's – it's not even so much a, a fan theory or speculation. Is it, This person says that this particular character is going to be in Episode Nine, And it's an original – trilogy character so we'll talk a little bit about that and how we feel about it and then listen if you have been off the running sewage stream that is twitter and you somehow missed out that star wars author chuck windig has been fired by marvel for the upcoming marvel comics he's going to be a part of we're going to talk a little bit about that specifically but in our closer look topic we're going to take kind of a high altitude approach and actually ask the question when it comes to this, should Star Wars creatives have a different standard for self-expression? Mark Hamill is very vocal on Twitter. There are other people within the industry that are very vocal on social media. I also know that some people are fans of that. Some people are not fans of that. So we want to actually have a discussion about whether is it good, is it right, is it proper for those people that are part of a larger brand Is it okay for them to have the same self-expression standard as you and I, the regular person? Or should they be held to a higher standard or a different standard? So we'll take a closer look at that during our Closer Look topic. Right now, let's jump into our top three news stories with number three. Number three. All right. As I mentioned, this one particular website says, hey... This particular original trilogy character is likely to make an appearance in episode nine. So I listen, I, I don't want to go all out and say that this is a spoiler. Mm. If it happens, I would be fairly surprised, but I found it interesting. It made its way uh, from the YouTube channel of Mike Zero. It's been uh, listed on inverse.com, which is somewhere in that second tier of reliability. And so here's the scenario that this um, author brings up. Um, The scene described by Mike Zero, who is the YouTube personality that comes up with this and supposedly has sources with Inside Lucasfilm, in which Kylo Ren and, wait for it, Emperor Palpatine come face-to-face sounds freaking awesome, says the writer at Inverse. We can debate that part of it. (laughs) So let's hope this rumor turns out to be accurate, says the writer. And this is what comes from Mike Zero. Emperor Palpatine will play a role in Episode Nine, Specifically, Kylo Ren with an ignited lightsaber, presumably his crossguard lightsaber, cutting through a blast door on some jungle planet and entering what appears to be a vault. Wait, it gets better. 
Eventually, Kyle Rin is holding a square object that projects a lifelike projection of Emperor Palpatine. Palpatine's hand is raised in front of Kylo Rin, showing blueprints or plans that could be a new weapon. Okay, there's so much wrong with that, in my opinion. But we'll, 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 we'll take this piece by piece here. First off, Carl, let me begin with you. Uh, on a scale of... One to ten. Ten being there's no doubt it's going to happen. One being that there is no chance it's going to happen. Where would you rate this little nugget brought to us by Mike Zero and the folks at Inverse.com? I'd say about a three. Mm. Mm. And why is that? Um, You know, there's a lot of controversy. I don't know if you guys know this, but there was a lot of controversy about The Last Jedi, the movie itself. I heard so rumor of that. I did hear rumor there of that. Was, yes, there was a lot of divergent opinions about uh, the quality of that movie. Uh, I would say that, you know, what Ryan Johnson did, I liked the general, what he was trying to do. I don't necessarily like all the how far he went with it, but the point being... We're trying to get away from, hey, we can't keep having the same storyline over and over and over, mm. or this, you know, is going to get stale. Mm. So, he, the genie's out of the bottle there. So, you know, we've gone, we've kind of crossed that bridge, and it's, it was, it was painful for the fandom as a whole. Some people mm. liked it, some people didn't, and it caused a lot of arguing on, in social media. So, I would really hate for us to back up and, and then just say, no, never mind, and, and do it mm. all over again. Mm. Yeah, we've crossed that bridge, we've kind of faced it. Now, let's just sort of move on. And uh, Palpatine's run his course. He was a great character, but I just don't, I don't want him back. Although I am, you know, the three kind of, I guess, comes in with, you know, if he's got a object in his hand, you know, projected from, maybe it's a holocron. That would be cool, but I don't want a holocron that talks about the Death Star. I'd rather the holocron mm. talk about some kind of dark mm-hmm. Sith power. So the three comes where that part seems interesting, but uh, another Death Star, please no. Please no. <laughs> I, I have to concur with that. Eve, jump in here. I guess, first off, if you want to weigh in on the 1 to 10 scale, but more importantly, what are your thoughts on this? Do you want to see Palpatine return? Oh, that's... Okay, so one. I don't think there's any chance of this happening okay. or being true whatsoever. Okay, all right. Uh, and I'm I'm with Carl, and I'm with you. I would be... <laughs> disappointed Mm. if there was another mass death star super weapon because really outside of that i can't think i mean star killer base death star one and two we've done it we're done it's Mm. it's we don't need that anymore and i can't palpatine just had his you know he had six movies like essentially Mm. (laughs) we're done (laughs) i love him he's one of my favorite characters he always will be Mm. he can live on in comics but for episode nine, no, and it, it's it's what Carl said. I think Ryan Johnson changed too many things for them to just kind of like hit the reset button and go back to an error that has completed itself. Mm, interesting. Let's see if we can go for the trifecta here. Barb, what are your thoughts on this? Palpatine, is he coming back? No. Wow, definitive. Mm-hmm. Why? I'm I'm a hundred percent with Carl and Eve on this. It just. It doesn't. It doesn't make sense. It if they do another weapon, Death Star, just repeat everything that we've done. Yeah. It, yeah. I'm not gonna do your extreme and walk out of the theater because it's a mm. Star Wars movie. And I <laughs> yeah. Do that. Sure. And you're Canadian. Sure. We all we get it. Yes, of course. <laughs> uh, but but as Eve has said, uh, Ryan jo- Ryan Johnson. Trying to get mm-hmm. the directors right here for The Last Jedi. He just mm-hmm. changed a lot of yeah. w- the trajectory yeah. of where the movies were going. And there's no reason in my mind to bring back Palpatine. And there's no reason to end it with another let's kill this weapon. Hmm. <laughs> See, and here's where I'm going to disagree with all y'all. I, I think you're missing the opportunity here. And I think mm-hmm. that, look, mm-hmm. that it's Do twofold. I, thank you, Carl. I, I, in fact, I will. I feel like we're, feel we're, like we're going to be trolled. We have, we, have, <laughs> we have good history with bringing characters back within the Star Wars universe. <laughs> so mm-hmm. inevitably with Dave Filoni's positioning, and I, I'm not sure if, if you knew or not, Barb, but Dave and I, we go way back to last April. <laughs> oh, yeah. Like, yes. And, have you ever knew that? Yeah. And I think you've had a conversation with him. Yeah, I've mentioned it maybe here or there just yeah. in passing. Yeah. Nothing to brag about, certainly. Um, and and here, here's what's going to happen. We're going we're gonna to get Palpatine back, but, asterisk, it's going to be kind of a la um, Clone Wars. Here's what's going to happen. 
we're, we're going to get um, Palpatine's head. Mm. We're going to get Darth Maul's spider legs. <laughs> and then we're going to get Snoke's torso and gold robe. Mm. And that, that, is, that is the trifecta of evil. And that will be somehow welded together through the Force because the Bindu is going to be introduced in Episode Nine. And when you're thinking of super weapons, you're thinking too small when you think of Starkiller Base. What's going to happen is we're going to have an entire galaxy, each planet with its own gun. They're going to fire towards the same point that's charted by the computers. Mm. They'll mm. all connect. And then from there, one beam made of mini beams will go straight towards the rebel base. And with any luck, we'll finally kill C-3PO. <laughs> why, Devin, Roll credits. why are you not a writer for Lucas? That's Film? what I ask myself every day when I get out of bed, Barb. My, cause I, I think he's because he's too political, I think. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's too soon, Carl. Oh, sorry. Jump uh-huh. the gun. Yeah, I don't. I, it's, right, Barb? I mean, I mean, that story in itself, I should probably try to get the rights to that before that gets leaked from people listening to this podcast. Oh, for sure. Because yeah. you know I'd pay money to see yeah, that. Yeah, right? And listen, just because he's going to have Darth Maul's spider legs, it doesn't even mean they have to be his legs. They could be his arms because we can reposition them. And it can kind of be if – we, if we can kind of like cross worlds, it can kind of be like John Carpenter's The Thing. And it can mm. be like the spider dog thing. Oh, this just okay. keeps getting so, better and oh, better. Yeah, well, I think that you should yeah. uh, win the fanfic com- contest oh, next February. Well, here's yeah. for, for those of you going to celebration. Listen, I'm thinking about taking this as a, as a one man show to the podcast <laughs> stage. So, if if indeed you're going to be at Star Wars Celebration Chicago, check <laughs> check the USW Twitter account and be on the lookout. It, it'll probably mm-hmm. be something that just happens spontaneously. And um, it probably won't last very long because I know security around those places are pretty tight. But you want to be there for that maybe two-minute live stream and, and check yeah. out the, the one-man mm-hmm. show that I'm going to do. That's it, kind of an homage to Palpatine and Maul and uh, oh. the Bindu. And it's going to be great. Mm-hmm. It's going to be fantastic. I, I think you could I'll win the uh, cosplay, cosplay contest with that. I think that would be <laughs> – you get to work on that now, you would, you would definitely win. Well, Carl, anything is possible, let me tell you. And I think that um, with Fun Auntie Bex, who is a seamstress extraordinaire, oh, yeah. anything mm-hmm. is possible if we put our time, talent, and money behind this. So stay tuned, Star Wars fans. And uh, you might just get the first sneak peek at this. You won't because we're not going to do it. But still, you know, stick around. <laughs> oh, man. All right. What's up next in the news? Number two. Hey, John Favreau of Rudy Rudiger fame tweeted out last week. <laughs> That's where I know him from. That's right. That's right. He's See? in that movie. Yes. <laughs> Who's the wild <laughs> man now? Um. So he tweeted out last week a picture from the set of The Mandalorian, uh, which is going to be this, the live-action Star Wars streaming series coming out uh, hopefully next fall. Um, and the picture was of a Mandalorian weapon. And some folks said, you know what? I've seen that before. Where, oh, where have I seen that before? And lo and behold, it's showed up in a couple of spots. Spot number one is on the cover of Darth Vader number one from Marvel back in 2015. It's the Alex Ross edition with Boba Fett on the cover holding the weapon. Mm. But perhaps more notably, it's the same weapon that a cartoon Boba Fett was wielding in, that's right, the Star Wars Holiday Special, for those of you that have seen that. And if you haven't seen it, (laughs) holidays are among us, folks. Go find it on the YouTube uh, Barb, here we go. Is this is this the right thing? The, the, the Star Wars Holiday Special has been much maligned. George Lucas vomits in his mouth every time he thinks of it. And uh, here we are. We're bringing back little nuanced pieces of Star Wars lore into the new Star Wars streaming live action. Is, is this good or is this just kind of silly? Oh, I don't think it's silly at all. Oh, say more. I think it's pretty cool because I think John Favreau is sending out picks here and there to yeah. kind of tease us and get us excited right. about this new live action right, show. Right. And there's so many Boba Fett fans out yeah. there that will just go crazy over yeah. this kind of stuff. So mm. I think he's he's sending out those those vibes on purpose so that everybody is 
just geared up for when the pilot of this show comes out. Okay. All right. Carl, you and I were around for the original Star Wars holiday special, which, of course, mm-hmm. makes us real Star Wars fans. <laughs> yes. With, with that, yes. With that in mind, it, do you like this? Is this a cool kind of tip of the cap to us real Star Wars fans from the 1970s? Um, I think it's uh, – I, I like it. Uh and I, I think it's – I don't want it to necessarily be Boba Fett. I would like it just to – but, you know, it does kind of have a continuity of, you know, Mandalorians have a types of weapons that they like to use. And so, therefore, you know, they, they would be similarities or, or maybe something – you know, they're probably not making these things uh, custom built one at a time. So uh, I, I think that's cool, kind of a tip – like you say, tip of the cap, just kind of the continuity of of just bringing in all the old Star Wars with the new Star Wars. Yeah. Listen, I think it's kind of cool because that is such this little, I, I don't know, does it have a cult following? I don't know. But it's got enough of a following <laughs> where people kind of appreciate it for what it is. And I just think to remember actually seeing it for the first time when it came out on television and was so wowed by it and didn't realize till years later that it was a complete dumpster fire. So uh, I'm, I'm glad we can bring small pieces of, of that back into it. Eve, let me throw it to you now. When you see little tidbits like this come from John Favreau, I guess, one, is it exciting to you to kind of get some behind-the-scenes stuff? And, and two, is it good that we're pulling stuff from this cult <laughs> sensation, the Star Wars Holiday Special? Good behind-the-scenes stuff, yes, because... Barb had mentioned there's a huge following for Boba Fett. And I Mm. think that this is, it's just that glimpse behind the curtain that Star Wars fans and really intense fans of any kind of uh, property or genre really get into Mm -hmm. is just kind of seeing that the little nitty gritty and the process that goes into everything. And it also shows John Favreau's level of fandom Mm. himself, which I think is something that, Everybody can appreciate if you're into it. Me personally, not a Boba Fett fan, so wow. it's not doing much for me. Um, <laughs> this is not news, wow. is not news to anybody wow. on the show. Um, that said, mm-hmm. it was a pretty bad- badass picture. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see how many folks try to create that for Star Wars Celebration in Chicago. Yes, I, mm-hmm. oh yeah, I, I think that there will now be people upping their game to re- try to reproduce that. And that's great. I think that's awesome, especially from the couple of set shots that we have of the Mandalorian or the person in the Mandalorian armor. Then I think it'd be pretty cool. Eve, you mentioned Boba Fett a couple of times, and, and Barb, you mentioned him as well. But Eve, do you think, do you want to see Boba Fett at any part of this Mandalorian series? Do you think it'd be good for the story? I know you personally don't like the character, but do you think it'll be good for the story? No. I, <laughs> I, <laughs> I, Moving on. I think it needs to be its own thing. Okay, fair enough. And have its own legs and, and just kind of create its own world for a new kind of, for, for both new and old generations of fans of Mandalorians and Boba Fett. Mm, all right, I'm with you on that. I'm with you on that. It'll be kind of like... My prediction for episode nine, it will also have new legs that they'll just be spider legs like Darth Maul. Oh, oh my goodness. What's next? Number one. Well, that sound you hear in the background is the crying of fanboys everywhere banging on the doors of their parents' basement just trying to get out. It was announced about a week and a half ago, maybe two weeks ago at this point, that Kathleen Kennedy is back for three more years. Um, I will save my commentary on this until we go around with the panel, but I found the immediate reaction on Twitter to be worth every penny of what I pay to stay on Twitter. Yes, I said that correctly. <laughs> Barb, let me that begin is. with you. Kathleen Kennedy back for three more years. The future of Star Wars is in her hands. What are your thoughts on this? Awesome. Yeah? I am so glad that she's on for three more years. Why is that? Because I think she's done an excellent job in okay. charge of Lucasfilm. And the movies that have come out, um, the Disney Star Wars movies that she's been in charge of, have been excellent. Yeah. And she's had to deal with a lot of issues and a lot of media lashback is that the mm, right word yeah. just a lot of a lot of things and i don't think she deserves all of that for the hard work that she's doing and the product that she is producing mm. all right 
Eve, mm-hmm. what are your thoughts? One woman to another. Kathleen Kennedy back for three more years. Hell yes. Oh, all and, right. Yeah, everything that Barb just said, and I don't know if I could say it any better. I'm very excited. And I don't think I, – I personally am not surprised by this decision and I love that it just puts to bed all of them crap rumors of her mm, leaving. Mm. So. Well, and I think it's fair to say that had she left, even if her, her departure, her retirement would have been planned when she first came on in 2012 to mm. say, hey, summer of 2018, I'll, I'll, I'll be taking my exit. There's no way she could have left now, even if that was planned out, given every little bit of scrutiny she's been under and all of the... The pushback with the films and everything else, she couldn't have retired without the people making the most noise, applauding and thinking that they had something to do with it. Mm-hmm. Carl, what are yeah. your thoughts on this? I'm glad she's staying, too. And I think that um, she's done a great job so far. And, again, we we kind of make always make these comparisons. But the things the Star Wars is closest to is, like, the DC Universe and the Marvel Universe. She's much closer to the Marvel Universe than she is to the DC Universe. The mm. DC Universe is is a dumpster fire on Starkiller Base. <laughs> but <laughs> I agree. But you know, so you know, and it takes some growing pain. Sometimes it takes a little while, like in anything, mm-hmm. you kind of get the feel of of how things are going, and and you kind of once you get a few under your belt, you know, maybe you get into your own, and and you you kind of hit a stride, and things get a little bit smooth, a little bit better. Uh, I will also say, I think I read, and correct me if I'm wrong, a lot of these pro, uh, the movies that have come out already were things that were really kind of in the works before she took the helm. And so, you know, she was kind of working with other people's stuff. So now she has a little bit of time to sort of do things the way she would, you know, want to do from scratch. Mm. Uh, so I think it's she's done a great job. Yeah, I think what you've said that, Carl, you've said it all. I think that sums it up really nicely and concisely. Uh, hey, with that, uh, I, I will just throw in my two cents and I will say that I'm glad she's back. I don't know who they would get to replace her. I think that some people have said, oh, Dave Filoni, oh, Pablo Hidalgo. And I think maybe someday down the road. But what I would hate to do is pull both of those guys from their current roles where they're super valuable with story creation and making sure everything's meshing. And I think, again, you know, she's been part of so many Hollywood blockbusters from Schindler's Mm -hmm. List to – what was she part of uh, Secretariat? She was part of the film Lincoln and, and, of course, the Indiana Jones and other Star Wars films. And I, mm. I think when we start saying, oh, so-and-so could do better, it, what it reminds me of is when people call sports talk radio and say, <laughs> oh, the manager should have taken the pitcher out or they should have bunted instead of swung for the fences or whatever else. And you know, inevitably, as someone who is a sports fan and someone who has coached for 15 or more years, um, I always find that fascinating. I'm just like, if you knew what you were talking about, <laughs> you would be coaching. Mm-hmm. And, and I think that's, that's, that's a lot of what fandom is too, right? Fandom when it comes to Star Wars is like, oh, so-and-so would do a better job. It, but at the end of the day, I, I trust that those in charge of the hiring of someone that would oversee Lucasfilm knows what they're doing. Exactly. Mm-hmm. And I think they have. She hasn't done anything that I've completely balked at. And what's interesting is I've read some of the tweets that were against this. And one of, one of the, the persons that tweeted, well, I really hope she pays attention to what the fans want and that she does a better job of bringing back the, the expanded or extended universe, the legend stuff. Mm-hmm. And Matt Martin, who weighed in, he's part of the actual Star Wars story group. He weighs in and he says, actually, she's the president of the company. Don't think that she is involved in details like that. She's literally (laughs) running a company. So Mm. I think that that's good for us to get that perspective that Kathleen Kennedy is not in the story group meetings per se, tossing out ideas about what she thinks the character should be doing or what story should be told, but she's literally running a company and making movies is just part of that company. So I, Mm. I, I love this. And if somebody else comes along and indeed somebody will at some point, I hope that they have the, the same amount of moxie that, that she does. Let's go ahead. Let's, uh, as we wrap up the news, let's go ahead and jump into our closer look. I'm going in closer to one of the big ones. Closer. Come closer, I have the news. A certain point of view. Same thing I always do, talk my way out of it. The ability to speak does not make you intelligent. I never ask that question until after I've done it. 
truths we cling to depend greatly on our own point of view. All right, so I don't know if you are aware of this. There's every chance that you are aware of this, but Star Wars author and the gentleman behind the Aftermath series, Chuck Wendig, was collaborating with Marvel Star Wars comics on some upcoming issues, and he was fired this past week because of some of his tweets that went out that had some political flair about them. I'm going to go ahead and give you a little bit of context by reading the original tweets that led to his firing. We will include a link to this in the show notes. And I will just say, for those of you that have younglings around right now, you may want to just push pause right now or fast forward probably a minute or so down the road. Or, um, hey, teach your kids a great lesson about colorful language. It's totally up to you. Choose your own adventure. So uh, this was tweeted by Chuck Windig on October 6th in the afternoon. And this is what it reads. This comes out of the gate so quick. Here we go. Here we go. <laughs> F- Trump. But he's just the ugly fake gold mask they've put on this thing. F- all the GOP. F- that blubbering, bristling frat boy, Judge F- McConnell, Ryan, Grassley, Collins, every last one of them. F- them for how they've shamed victims and helped dismantle democracy. He continues. Mm. But it. It does set a troubling precedent, one that we've already seen. James Gunn, Jessica White, and so on, of folks fired because they riled up the wasp nest of Asterisk Gate. And it seems odd to be mad, as I am, about politics when, well, look around. Climate change, kids in cages, sexual harassers at the topmost tiers of power, and so on. A call for civility as the PAGOP candidates threatens Tom Wolf with a golf cleat stomping. I don't know, man. I know it hands Comics Gate a big win. It will embolden them, but they won. I'm out at Marvel. This comes obviously later. I'm out at Marvel, and I guess for now, at least out of any kind of Star Wars. Do your victory lap, he says, I guess. Just please leave mm. me out of it. So he had a thread after this, after the firing happened, that went on to explain what was likely the cause and how everything went down. And so, listen, whether you agree with his tweets or not is not really what we want to get into tonight. Uh, you're, you're welcome to agree with him. You're welcome to disagree with him. Frankly, either is fine with me. Here's what I want to get into, though. Because with social media, we now have access to authors and actors and directors and producers and all these people that forever you, you never could come close to touching, communicating with. And now mm-hmm. you're literally a tap away. With that, we have to ask the question, well, where where does the brand that they are under the umbrella of, where does the brand begin and end? To what extent do they have, I guess, either same or different standards for them for self-expression as individuals? And that's what we kind of really want to make our focus tonight is should Star Wars creative have a different standard for self-expression? Mark Hamill, at least once a day, it seems like, perhaps more tweets out very powerful statements that are politically Mm. charged. And again, I'm not here to say that his point of view is right or his point of view is wrong. I find it interesting that Mark Hamill, probably to a very large extent anyway, is as close to untouchable as that can become for someone who is under the, the umbrella of Star Wars. We, of course, have very recently James Gunn released from his Marvel contract when it comes to the next episode of Guardians of the Galaxy. And Mm. here we have Chuck Wendig. And so I'm curious, panelists, when we look at this, do you think that those that are under the umbrella of a brand, whether it's Star Wars or Marvel or DC or whatever, do you think that they have the same rights as the everyday schmo? to be able to tweet whatever he or she wants to? Or do you think that there is some type of limit or even, dare I say, personal responsibility to be careful with not marring the brand? Eve, let me begin with you on this. When it comes to stuff like this, Mm. what are your thoughts? I think, well, you talked about should 
people in Chuck Wendig's position be held to a higher standard than the everyday schmo. And I, you and I have talked off air about the content on our own Twitter's Twitter accounts. Right. And, you know, I mean, like Eve is not my name, <laughs> and Wait, what? I created that. What that I, I created that account because I don't want clients of my business to find me mm. and have, you know, this this kind of preemptive opinion of who I might be mm. going into a situation with them. Mm. So I hold myself to a higher standard and in in kind of the anonymous fashion. But you and your job and and anyone with you know, we have had friends direct message us like, sorry, I have to delete my Twitter account because my job doesn't allow it. Right. And they are everyday people. Right. So if I'm looking at that and then I'm looking at some of the things that Chuck has said, yes, I do. Mm. I think you should still be able to express your opinion. And I think that you should not expect any necessary backlash from your employers. But mm. I think it's the choice of words and the way that you approach it. Mm. And yeah, like, like I just imagined my kids stumbling upon Chuck when, like if Bella was a huge fan of, of aftermath when Mm -hmm. she's 13 or 14 and then goes, Oh, well is Chuck on Twitter? Mm. And then finds that thread. I would just be like, are you serious? Was this necessary? There are so many other words in the in any language to express how you feel Mm. without using that. Mm. So that was my only gripe and complaint. By the way, I completely agree with him. (laughs) (laughs) Your comments are so full of stuff. My mind is hurting from (laughs) revealing your identity to agreeing with him to your good nuggets of wisdom about just changing it up for the kitties. Um, Okay. So if I understand you correctly, then you have no problem with someone with a lot of clout, a lot of Mm -hmm. followers Mm -hmm. expressing themselves Mm-hmm. But you think it has to do with word selection, tone, all that. So, it, so keep it clean, in other words. But feel free to say how much you disagree with someone, or say how how bad somebody is doing at something. Yes, okay. I think that that's you know with with you know just that kind of platform. Yeah, you have that available, and you're a human being. It doesn't matter what position you are in. Even if Kathleen Kennedy went on Twitter and just sounded off on something, if she used not some of the things that Chuck said, I would have been like, all right, go on girl. That's your opinion. Mm. How rad would that be? Barb, what are some <laughs> of your thoughts with this when it comes to celebrities? Well, we'll just kind of lump them into that same label. Celebrities using their platform to communicate not only their political views, but political views with fire. It's a really, really mm-hmm. hard topic to talk about. Mm. It's because uh, I, I feel like there's such a gray area. Mm. It's, it's not just black and white because I agree completely with what Eve is saying, you know, the choice of words and the language. And if my kids were reading that, that would not be what I would want them to see. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. But then there's the, the other side of it, you know, the freedom of speech and, you know, he, he is free to express himself however he wants on mm-hmm. social media. Yeah. But, you know, as Eva said, if depending on the companies that we work for, the places that we work for, I think it's expected that our employers want us to hold a certain standard mm. for the position that we're in. Yeah. Um, mm. You, for example, work in a high school. Right. And if you have students following your Twitter account yeah. and you did a tweet thread like this, yeah. There, I think there would be some backlash from your school. Uh, maybe just a little bit. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and, and, that's, and that's kind of my point. And I'm leaving you know, the celebrity part out of it, it, you know, I think of my husband and his job as well. You know, there's a certain standard that employers expect even in personal lives. Yeah. So you, so you think that there are, that you have as an employee of of someone, that there is some type of, of obligation to, we'll just again, use the loose phrase of respect the brand, brand awareness. Absolutely. And I mean, you used the example at the beginning of, you know, Mark Hamill has Mm. expressed his political opinions as well. But he has not used quite the colorful language that Chuck (laughs) Winsor has used. This is true. Um, He's Mm -hmm. a little more... Sarcastic. (laughs) 
Yeah, there's this level of sarcasm, yeah. and you kind of actually have to almost read his a couple of times to get his point, mm-hmm. um, because he's so just not vague, but it's just yeah, he's clever. He's very clever. Yeah, and mm-hmm. and employers aren't saying that you can't have a political opinion or any other p- opinion like that, but you are representing a brand. Yeah. It's like I said, it's a gray area. I, I, I feel like I'm swinging on both sides here because I I don't like that he was fired for what he says, mm. said. Same. Same. Um, I wish he had said it differently. Mm-hmm. And I wish there was a better outcome than what happened. Okay. That, I th- you said that very well. Carl, jump in here when it comes to Star Wars creatives and their expression of their personal beliefs on social media, whether it has to do with politics or religion or, or, or whatever. Mm-hmm. What are your thoughts on this and in particular how it went for Chuck Wendig? Well, you know, I, I think about somebody like Kevin Hart, who is a very successful comedian and yeah. he does a lot of uh, comedies, movies. Um, and he gets kind of banged on because he doesn't use his platform to, you know, be political and, and, and push people's rights mm. one way or the other. And his yeah. his point of view is kind of, you know, I, you know, why would I alienate half of the possible audience out there? So, mm. you know, if so, a lot of companies and Disney being very corporate and stuff, mm. you know, they're wanting to make money and they'll take money from whatever your political point of view is. And so, if somebody has thoughts. As and they're as um, adamant about it as they are as Chuck Wendig is, which he has a right to do. But at the same time, you're you're possibly alienating uh, potential buyers, and that's just the bottom line with Disney. You know, people hate it or like it, or you know that might be selling out or or whatever. As far as people's opinions go, that's what these companies are in the in in mon- the business for. So you know, and and Chuck Wendig also is an entity among himself. In his tweets, he's saying. I've got stuff going on on my own and you know, he's willing on his own to say, you know what, if I lose sales of my personal books because of this, it's worth it because I believe in this so much. And that's great. You know, that's an admirable trait quality to have, but at the same time he's working for somebody else when he's working for Disney. So, um, it's just to be expected in this hyper. I mean, everything is so political. You can't do anything now without it being political. It seems like so, on the one hand, I kind of want to just go to Star Wars or sports or different things sometimes and not not want to hear the politics. And mm. and I can read Chuck Wendig comic book and ignore him on social media if I don't like what he's saying mm. and, and enjoy it. But at the same time, people don't do that anymore. So, mm. you know, mm. I understand, you know, why, you know, if if whoever was in charge didn't like what he was saying and they thought and maybe they didn't. But, you know, I guess the justification would be this is going to hurt. Elim- you know, eliminate a part of the audience out there that's buying our product. So yeah. we don't want you to be that outspoken. Sorry, you know. So I I think you bring up several great points there, and you know, honestly, like I'm on the fence with this. And Barb, you mentioned the same thing. Is like this is a kind of a tough thing to unpack. I'm obviously all for freedom of expression, mm-hmm. and I think that it's important that we understand when we talk about our constitutional rights. That's speaking out against the government. And I, so I guess that's mm-hmm. what he's doing in some way or another, right? I mean, when you're mm-hmm. saying F the president, that is indeed speaking out against the government. <laughs> right. But, but there's sometimes there's consequences. And this is where it comes mm-hmm. in with, you know, obviously the, the government is not going after him. It was his employer that went after him and where he's facing the, the penalties from. I'd be curious. I'd be curious if, between James Gunn and now Chuck Wendig, if the new thing in contracts for authors and creatives will be some type of clear language about mm-hmm. expectations of social media use. Mm-hmm. I'd be surprised mm-hmm. if there weren't. And I think that while I, I agree that Mark Hamill is pretty clever, agree with him or disagree with him politically is, is again, fine. Mm-hmm. I, think he, I think he's pretty clever. But I also think that he is the rarest of rares. I, I think I, I'd be willing to bet that even if he let a few F-bombs fly, mm-hmm. that Lucasfilm was not going to release him. Mm-hmm. I mean, there would literally be a storming of the gates at right. Lucasfilm if that happened. So I, I think that he is in a, in a kind of a, a group of his own. Let me ask Eve, let me ask you this. Mm-hmm. 
does this when you when you read stuff because Carl you brought up well you know I can probably read a Chuck Winded comic and and not have to be concerned about his political view or whatever but even in that mm. terms does any of this impact how you view Star Wars content if if you see Mark Hamill or any member of the on-screen cast have this tapestry of expletives toward the U.S. government or whatever, does it, does it some level, does it impact your enjoyment of the end result of, of whatever film? No, no. I, and, and that's the gray area for me. Yeah. Because I think that people, again, with freedom of speech, I think you should have, you know, whatever your preferred platform is, yeah. you should feel comfortable enough to speak your mind there. But the consequence, there are consequences to actions, bottom line mm. in anything and everything that people do, yeah. it, whether it's personal, professional, or it, you know, falls in that kind of middle gray area. There's always something that can happen as a result mm. of something you say or do. And mm -hmm. If you are willing to risk it and roll the dice and say whatever colorful language bleeds out of your mind, then you're willing to pay that price, mm. essentially. Mm. And I'm not, you know, Mark is very clever, but I have also seen sometimes where he's posted pictures or said things and then they have been deleted later on because, mm. and he will like adamantly say, I got a call from Lucasfilm. I got to, I got to play along with the rules. That's yeah. how it goes. Yeah. Even me. Yeah. So yeah. It, you just, I don't know. It's like picking and choosing your battles. Yes. You should have that platform, but with the asterisk. Yeah. And, and here's another thing. So just kind of to add to, I guess the context of the situation there, there is record showing that, you know, Marvel's CEO, Ike Perlmutter has actually donated quite a lot of money to Donald Trump's foundation. So if indeed there is a connection there where Marvel CEO says, oh, no, you don't, and uh, release Chuck Wendig of his job responsibilities with Marvel, I, I could certainly make the connection there. I, I'm curious. You know, mm. I remember when – I don't know if I remember if it was Linda Ronset or Pat Benatar. Personally, in my world, they're interchangeable. But um, when, when one of them was making a, a comeback tour and – took a good time out of her concert to speak about political issues. There was such backlash by people that went to the concert and were literally booing her. You can go to YouTube and find the videos and there's people like mm. booing her. Okay. That that's fine. And I also get it like, Hey, no, I'm paying to hear you sing the songs, right? Mm. Um, hit me with your best shot, not hit me with your political view. And <laughs> assuming it was Pat Benatar, maybe Lena Ross. Anyway, um, <laughs> I can't even name a Linda Ronstadt song right now. Anyway, um, I, I'm curious, though, because I do believe that celebrities have an obligation because of their position. I mm -hmm. think they, they have an obligation to be politically engaged. I think they have an obligation to use their power to persuade people to vote, to be engaged in their own communities. And I think this kind of goes back to, Barb, what you had brought up before, and, and Eve, what you had touched on, too, is, yes, I think that celebrity, you should use your position to get people to vote, get them to be engaged in their civic responsibilities and civic uh, mm. duties. Mm -hmm. And at the same time, I wonder if that message would be more effective overall if that message was preached but not preached from a perspective of subjectivity. In other words, would people be more minded to get out and vote, be involved in their own community? If it was just, Hey people, if you're dissatisfied with things right now, go out, be engaged, go vote, do this, volunteer here, do that versus mm -hmm. got to have a blue wave coming. Got to have a blue wave coming. Vote Democrat, vote Democrat, <laughs> or depending on the part of the country you're in, got to have a red wave coming, got to vote Republican, got to vote Republican, got to vote Republican. And so I, I would just be curious if the message from those in power and with the prestige would have more of a positive impact if it was more generically said. Mm. 
people are going to be on both sides of the fence regardless. And we're super divided. I don't know that we've been this divided as a country quite literally since the Civil War. And while I don't <laughs> see us going to arms anytime soon, this country is deeply divided right now. And I'm not sure that completely subjective messages like the one that Chuck Wendig sent out are helping matters at all. Mm-hmm. And I don't think he should have gotten fired necessarily, right? Mm-hmm. I think that maybe there should have been consequences. Mm-hmm. He clearly has, from what I've read, no real remorse over it, and that's fine. He's sticking to his guns, and, that, and that's fine. But for me, encourage people, right? I, and again, Barbara, I think you brought it up that, that I was uh, M, <laughs> at least when I left at 3.30 today, a teacher. <laughs> and And two things. You know, one, I do have to be super careful about what I post on social media. There have been people that have been dismissed because of what they've posted. Just mm. as there have been people dismissed for what they talk about in the classroom. So as a professional educator, I am trained and adept to presenting all sides of the story mm-hmm. because it's not up to me to, to tell you what doctrine to believe. It's up for you, the learner to discover for yourself what you believe and why. And I, and mm-hmm. from my perspective, my power is within the walls of my classroom. And so for me, it's I will push kids to be engaged, be well-read, do not succumb to ignorance, do not succumb to party lines, but I'm not going to tell you how to vote. I'm just going to tell you, go vote. I'm not going to tell you where to volunteer. I'm just going to tell you, go volunteer. Mm -hmm. And I realize that my impact is much, much smaller. My reach is much, much smaller than the people that we've been talking about tonight. But at the same time, um, I, I would love to see those creatives use their stage, use their power, use their influence to just push people in the direction to make a quality change. Carl, I, I'd love to mm-hmm. ask you, and feel free to take a pass on this, and I'm not saying yeah. that these are your views, but you live in a part mm-hmm. of the country that is historically very, very red. Yes. And, and so from your perspective, mm-hmm. would it be fair to say that – some in, in your geographic area would actually be on board with the firing of Chuck Wendig because of what he said? Uh, yeah. Um, you know, I, I drive around on my job and go into people's houses and I was actually um, going, you know, on the day that the Kavanaugh hearings were going on, mm-hmm. I was going into people's houses. Yeah. Um, and, and, a lot of these people, and, and they wanted you to come in. You weren't just going into people's houses. <laughs> some of them. Yeah, well, yeah some enough. of them. Fair enough. Um, the, the ones that weren't home, they didn't know I was going in, but I was rummaging through their things and found the good <laughs> stuff. Um, <laughs> no, but, you know, I, I was going in. So, and, you know, without failure, everybody, and these are people that are probably in a little older demographic, but, mm-hmm. you know, and I'm probably kind of in the bottom of that demographic as far as age, but kind of a, the generation above, without fail, men and women, they were for him for trump um you know and and saying saying things that i was like okay you know that's from women i was surprised to hear you know Mm. you know about what was going on um but and even on the mildest side it was just that they just you know necessarily didn't necessarily believe what she was saying they believe kevin okay so and probably more just because of political leanings than as opposed to what anybody said during those hearings but yes i mean i so i would say the people those people that i was you know servicing that day would definitely be not that they're necessarily star wars fans to know who chuck windig is but if they found out that somebody had gone on and ran against the president and the company that he worked for fired him they would be they mm-hmm. would be okay with that yeah yeah mm-hmm. and would you agree also that we are likely have not been this divided since literally the 1860s yeah i agree and i think one thing that i think maybe we can whatever way you look at things politically we can maybe sort of agree on and maybe see maybe what they were trying to get at or what be would be a positive thing they were getting Mm -hmm. at is that he he kind of in a in one of those just says well i guess i wasn't civil enough okay Mm -hmm. well the we are divided but what's worse i mean i maybe we're no more divided than we've been ever in history you know maybe we're mm-hmm. just as divided as we've always been the problem is i think that like the 1860s it's it's like you can't see anybody else's you know the person who holds the different political opinion than you do they're terrible people uh they don't deserve to live their rights don't matter you know it's like whatever right. side you're on you're, we're just we're uncivil and so right, i almost right. want to say chuck if you're being uncivil 
you're kind of contributing to the problem because yeah, the people who are you know celebrating him getting fired and, and pushing for that, they're being uncivil too. And unfortunately, right, right. the artist is held to a higher standard for them. But the problem is, you know, it's just like anything in society. If you have something to lose, then you're going to try to maybe conform to some norms where people who don't have anything to lose, mm. and when you're that keyboard assassin, you don't have anything to lose. Yeah, it, you know, nobody knows who you are. You don't use your real name. You know, you might have a work for somebody who wouldn't want you saying these things, but they don't know you're doing it because of how you're doing it and the name you're using. So, um, unfortunately, you know, he's kind of in a worse spot of when he does it, people know who he is and there's ramifications for him. And that's just kind of how it, how it goes. Mm. But I would say if, if we could all try to be more civil, there's going to be those crappy people who always don't, who always are going to try to pick fights. And we kind of, on some level, we've got to rise above those people. Yeah, I, I am totally with you on that. Um, listen, Barb, just kind of based on the dialogue so far, is is there anything else that you would add to this discussion? Does, does this in any way here, – here's where I'm going in my mind with this. So let, let me bring up to speed with what's on my mind. We're headed towards Star Wars Celebration Chicago, mm-hmm. and my fear is that – it's going to be a big dumpster fire, not because there's not going to be cool stuff to see and cool things revealed, but because there's going to be two very large contingents of people that are in their own trenches and are willing to square off against each other. So from your perspective and and based on the conversation, the topic we're talking about tonight, what can we do between now and Chicago to not allow things like this to deepen the divide between fans? Um, wow. That's a deep question. I think it's a lot of what we as, you know, the unmistakably Star Wars crew do on Twitter and that, and that's to promote the positivity in fandom. Right. Um, to be, be examples of what it's like to have opinions, but not aggressive about them Mm. and not insulting about them. Mm. Um, there's, there's so many people out there that have very strong opinions, but if you disagree with them, they'll mm-hmm. they'll not on, maybe they'll just unfollow you. But they can be outright rude yeah. and cruel yeah. and say horrible mm-hmm. things. Right. And that's not what we're about, and that's not what most of the people I follow on Twitter are about. Right. It's it's about enjoying what we love. Yeah. Enjoying Star Wars, even when we disagree. Mm. You know, mm-hmm. we don't even. <laughs> Even in our crew, we don't all agree on the rankings of Star Wars movies or, you know, some of us love (laughs) (laughs) C-3PO. And when I find out who that is, they're going to be off this team. But, I mean, this is is my point. We can be civil people and um, this extends beyond Star Wars and beyond Celebration. But when we're bringing it down to this, I think that, you know, I'm, I'm very much looking forward to Celebration. Yeah. And... I don't really want to be a part of this extreme fandom or mm. whatever you want to call mm, it, where yeah. people are going to be angry yeah. and hate people who liked the last Jedi or hate people who didn't like the last right. Jedi or whatever opinions there are out there, because right. that's, that's hate has no place mm. in this fandom, in yeah. my opinion. Yeah. And and like you said, this extends out into the political field and what other opinions there are out there. We can express them in ways that don't have to be quite so graphic. Well, well said. And I think I would just add mm-hmm. to that that, you know, something that each of you have touched on tonight and I agree wholeheartedly with is what what makes me so sad is that I just like Star Wars is the escape, right? Like mm-hmm. I'm not saying that we need to avoid real life issues mm-hmm. within the context of film or story. I think that's great. Star Wars has historically done that very well. And I assume that it'll continue to do that. But at the same time, like, man, I want to go to celebration to celebrate. I don't want to go mm-hmm. to Star Wars, you know, Memorial mm-hmm. Chicago. <laughs> I want to go and have a great time. And, like, this really brings me down when I see, quite frankly, some of the things that I've I've read, this actually, like, ignites parts of fandom. Mm. They they feel like they can entrench themselves even greater in their perspective and their beliefs on both sides of the fence. Mm -hmm. Mm. And so I just just wish we could go back to a time where, 
Barb, like you said, like oh, we can just agree to disagree. We don't have to hate the person mm-hmm. if we completely disagree with their ideals. Yeah, and I mean, for me, it was it was hard after the Last Jedi because yeah. I saw it three times opening weekend, and I absolutely loved it. Yeah. And then I started seeing what everybody else was saying and hearing what people were saying, and yeah. I, you know, I it brought me down because yeah. I'm like, well, why did I like it? Am mm. I not a real Star Wars fan with mm. all these people out there? It just it doesn't help. Yeah to have such aggressive feelings about it and i mean i'm past that now and i'll tell you till the cows come home that i love the last jedi and you can think what you want so yeah (laughs) excellent excellent hey with that we're gonna we're gonna wrap things up in just a minute but stick around because we ain't quite done yet we're not done yet All right, it is time once again to wrap things up, my little tauntauns. Let's take a look at what's going on in our galaxy and beyond. As always, hey, listen, the, I kid you not. Here, here's a little thing that I learned from um, years in education. That is once, once Thanksgiving gets there, the school year is over. Because once Thanksgiving break is there, everything else just flies by so quickly. At least that's what I continue to tell myself. But point being, we're recording this the middle of October. Somehow it's already the middle of October. The holidays are going to be among us very, very soon. Mm-hmm. I was in um, – I'm not ashamed to admit it, Barb. I was in the Dollar Tree yesterday, and they had their Christmas stuff out already. Uh-huh. And I thought, my goodness, this is crazy. Actually, they had a Halloween – and Christmas, they didn't have Thanksgiving things out. And listen, that's another podcast for another time. But um, where, what happened to Thanksgiving? Anyway, um, so the gift-giving season is going to be here. Whether you celebrate Christmas or Kwanzaa, uh, whether you celebrate Hanukkah or Festivus for the rest of us, you need to make sure that the gifts that you are giving represent high quality. And so I just want to encourage you, our listeners, to actually head on over once again to OuterRimOriginals.com. Pick up... A limited edition print from an artist that is licensed by both Lucasfilm and Disney and who's creating amazing Star Wars art just for Outer Rim Originals. They're limited to only 45 for the 16 by 20 prints. They're on beautiful Z-Clay paper. They are hand-numbered and signed by the actual artists. And, uh, you know, I said it before a couple weeks ago. I'm, I'm picking some of these up to give them away as, as gifts. And I expect, in the words of Han Solo, to be handsomely rewarded for that. I expect to <laughs> not be outdone when it comes to gift giving this Christmas. So you can find those obviously at outerrimoriginals.com. Um, Eve, do we, is there a promo code that our listeners can use to get a little bit of a discount, free shipping or something? Yes, definitely a free shipping code. So everybody just put in little tauntauns all caps, and you will get free shipping. Well, there you go. There you have it. So get yourself some free shipping on that. Get a little discount, but that's that's money back in your pocket. In fact, the more you order, the more you save. I think that's great. That's what my wife tells me all the time when she's out there shopping. So it must be true. It must be true. Listen, we also want to hear from you, and we want to know. What what are your thoughts about this when it comes to Star Wars creatives and their use of social media and other means to to preach their political messages? Do you think that they should have a different standard than the rest of us? Should they be protecting the brand at all costs, or should they be free citizens of whatever country they're in, allowed to tweet and post whatever they want to about whatever they want to. Let us know. You can reach us, of course, at unmistakablystarwars at gmail.com. You can also call our world headquarters hotline at 929-525-1977. That is, yay, 525-1977. I love that number. I want that as my personal number. (laughs) What's your number? the date Star Wars was released. <laughs> Yay. <laughs> Yay. It's amazing. I love that. Hey, listen, as always, we thank you for hanging out with us this week and every week. We would love, as long as you're getting ready for the holidays, we, we, we would love if you got us a gift too. If you could just spread the word about USW to other Star Wars fans that you know, we would appreciate that so, so much. It really helps to justify my midlife crisis to my wife. So please, for the benefit of my midlife crisis, please spread the word about unmistakably Star Wars. And obviously, to our patrons who go out of their way with their generosity and their financial contributions each and every week, we thank you, thank you, thank you for all that you do. 
and bring to this USW fam. Thank you to Brandon Boylan, Jim Caprin, Derek DuVernay, Dave Hackerson, Michelle Grandine, Jeff Keltz, Neil Lowry, Mario Piper, William Pollock, Kyle Russell, Regina Sanders, Connie Shee, Aaron Sinner, Krista Smolinski, Franklin Taylor, Brad, the Chief Tracy, Michael Ward, Amy Wishman, and our mystery patron for $2 a month <laughs> forces me to say I <laughs> love C3PO. I love that protocol droid. I mean, just think about the possibilities if I had a, my own protocol droid. Mm. It would be amazing. <laughs> it would be amazing. Beard. I don't really care if it can speak bocce. I want to know if it can grade homework. That's what I would want it to do. If it can do that, <laughs> I'm sold. Amy Wishman, if you're listening to this, and I know you're listening to this, if you can get me a protocol droid that actually grades homework, I'm on board. I'm sold. Thank you again from the entire team. That is going to do it for this week, my little Tauntauns. The circle is now complete. We'll see you next time in the digital docking bay. And until then, may the force be with you. Unmistakably Star Wars is a member of the Star Wars Escape Pods Network. Explore more great content and get to know our sister shows at WeAreEscapePods.com and on Twitter at WeAreEscapePods. The Star Wars Escape Pods Network, promoting positivity in fandom. Oh, there's no Tauntaun there. Mm. I was waiting for the Tauntaun. Uh, Carl, can we get a Tauntaun sound, please? (laughs) That was amazing. (laughs) That was amazing. Move along. Move along. Move along.